And a very good day to you. This is Pastor Mark Whelan with Touch of God. And this week I'd like to open up with this scripture, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, 18, and 19. And this is the letter of the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus, where he says, For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into mysteries and secrets, in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. Before we continue to verse 18, I want to speak verse 17 again, but this time I want to pray it over each of you. So, for I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you, each of you listening today, a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light, so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you, and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones. Verse 19, And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe, as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, That's verses 17, 18, and 19 of chapter 1 of Ephesians. So today it is my hope that the Lord will open up the eyes of your heart and flood it with light so that you can understand and know the hope to which he has called you, the inheritance he has given you, and that you have received as being a born-again believer, as becoming a child of God, a son or daughter of the Most High God the creator of the universe, and also that you will understand the word that is being taught today, that you will be able to comprehend it easily without any problem whatsoever. And Lord, we thank you for helping me teach this today and help your people understand this today. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we are going to talk about the rest of God, God's rest. And in recent weeks, we have been understanding some of the promises of God, as well as his nature and character, in order that we may realize how we can easily trust him because he is faithful and has kind intentions in his heart. The fact that God's word is forever settled in heaven, it will not change, according to Psalm 119, verse 89. We have been talking about God's grace the undeserved favor that we receive from him, as well as his mercy, which is the punishment that we deserve being withheld from us and being placed on his son Jesus. Today, having this trust and faith in God that he is good and that he does not want to harm us, but only love us and grow us up into his son Jesus, we look at the blessing and the promise of his rest. You see, it's a lot easier to be in God's rest and understand and know about his rest and appreciate it when you already trust in him, when you have faith to believe, which is to trust in, rely on, and abide and accept him. You see, we have to be willing to let go of ways that keep our hearts out of his rest and prevent us from entering into what the rest of God provides. So is the rest of God a place of protection? Is it a feeling of peace? 
Well, let's have a look at these things today and see what the rest of God is, as well as who it's for. Well, in Psalm chapter 95, verse 8 to 11, we see that the rest of God is not given to everyone. It is only for a specific set of people. Verse 8, it says, Harden not your hearts as at Meribah and as at Massa in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tried my patience and tested me, proved me, and saw my work of judgment. Now, these are verses that the psalmist is being given by the Holy Spirit, that the Lord is speaking and wants written down. The Lord is speaking here when he says, When your fathers tried my patience and tested me, proved me, and saw my work of judgment. Verse 10, Forty years long was I grieved and disgusted with that generation, and I said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, and they do not approve, acknowledge, or regard my ways. Verse 11, Wherefore I swore in my wrath that they would not enter my rest. And in the Amplified Classic Version of the Bible, after the words, they would not enter my rest, it has brackets and it says, the land of promise. So in the Old Testament, the rest of God is described as the land of promise. And we know that to be the land of milk and honey. We know that the Israelites spent 40 years in the wilderness and the Lord swore they would not enter his rest. They would not enter the land of promise. So what is the rest of God? What is God's rest? In Hebrews, in the New Testament, chapter 4, verse 10, it says, For he who has once entered God's rest also has ceased from the weariness and pain of human labors, just as God rested from those labors peculiarly his own. You would think that God being all-powerful and mighty would not need to rest. But obviously we see even in Genesis, after he created the earth and the heavens and he created man, he rested on the seventh day. He thought it was important and he wants us to do that today. It is important for us to rest and to dwell and spend time with the Lord, not just on the seventh day, but we need to dwell with the Lord every day. But the seventh day, the Sabbath, it's very important for us to rest and reflect and be thankful to the Lord and, and not be about doing works on that day. Verse 11, Let us therefore be zealous and exert ourselves and strive diligently to enter that rest of God, to know and experience it for ourselves that no one may fall or perish by the same kind of unbelief and disobedience into which those in the wilderness fell. So here we see that we want to make sure that we don't fall into the same unbelief and disobedience that the Israelites decided to fall into in the wilderness. We want to be believers and be obedient. Verse 12, And as a result of being obedient and in belief and trusting in the Lord, then as believers, we become, we are then part of God's rest. We have entered his rest. Whether we know it 
or not. We are in His rest, but it is key to know it so that you can rest and truly be at peace in yourself and know that you're dwelling with the Most High God, your position in the kingdom of heaven. Verse 12, For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. We know that the Word of God is active and alive. It's full of power. That is why it's so important to feed on the Word of God every day, because we want to be alive. We are alive in Christ, but do we know it and do we feel it? Or are we constantly tired and do we feel weak from the bombardment of spiritual attacks? See, if you are full of the Word, and if you abide in Jesus, you dwell with Him daily. You dwell in His Word, you contemplate His Word, you meditate on it according to Psalm chapter 1, verse 2. You are continually feeding your soul and your spirit man with life and the fire and the power of the Lord. We need to run on Jesus. We don't need to run on things of the flesh. We need to have our spirit man be the dominant one over our flesh, rather than our flesh being the dominant one over our spirit man. So to summarize, what is the rest of God? Well, he who has once entered God's rest also has ceased from the weariness and pain of human labors. So we have ceased from striving to be righteous and striving to gain salvation through our own works. Who gets access to this rest that God has provided to those who believe in him? Hebrews chapter 4 verse 3 gives us that answer. It says, For we who have believed, adhered to, and trusted in, and relied on God, do enter that rest, in accordance with his declaration that those who did not believe should not enter, when he said, As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And this he said, although his works had been completed and prepared and waiting for all who would believe from the foundation of the world. When we enter God's rest, we rest from our work, just like God rested from his. We rest from the exhausting, futile, unpleasant work of trying to earn our way to heaven. We rest from the desire to prove our righteousness to God over and over again. Belief in Christ as our Lord and Savior includes the acknowledgement that we are all sinners and can do nothing to earn our own salvation. Entering God's rest means we can stop trying. Some of us, I know, it is hard to receive. You would rather give to others and not receive. If you have been one of those individuals all your life, it is hard for God to have you receive what he has blessed you with and what he has promised you because you may be saying, God, it's okay, give it to the next person. I can do without so that someone else can have it. But God is wanting you to know today that he suffered a lot of pain and persecution so that you would be able to receive the blessings of the Lord his rest, his salvation, his healing, 
his provision and all these things, a relationship that sin is no longer shackling your ankles. You are free now. You're no longer a prisoner held captive. Jesus came to set you free. Receive that grace from the Lord, that grace, that undeserved favor. Receive it, because if you don't receive it, the pain that the Lord suffered for you was in vain. He needn't have suffered it for you. But he loves you so much, he wants you to receive it so that he can be joyful and you can be joyful, that it was all worthwhile for him to go through that suffering. So when we have a good understanding of the rest of God and know that that is where we are positioned, from there the Holy Spirit can flow more freely from us. For example, when we're praying for someone or when we're prophesying, when we're giving a word to someone that we feel is from the Lord, The Spirit of the Lord is able to flow more freely because our own self is not striving to make this happen by our own effort. We know it is by the grace of God. We know it is because we are in a position of God's rest and God is doing all the work except we have to believe that he can and that he can speak through us, that he can lay hands through us, that he can raise the dead through us because he is in us. The power of God does not come down from heaven when you lay hands on the sick to set them free. The power of God comes from within you. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. It doesn't say from heaven flows rivers of living waters. It says out of your belly. And that is when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. And we will do a program on that very shortly. In the meantime, All you have to do to ask for the fullness of God in the way of the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that you can demonstrate the gospel through the Lord moving through you in great power is simply asking him because we have not, because we ask not. Just ask the Lord, Lord, please, I want to receive all that you have paid for me to have, including the baptism of your Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. Lord, immerse me in your spirit. I believe that I have now received the baptism of your Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Lord, for this blessing today. And then you will start over time. Maybe it's that minute. Maybe it's a year from that point. You will start to hear a unknown tongue inside of your heart. It will be your voice saying something in a foreign language. That is the Holy Spirit giving you unction. And out of your belly is now flowing rivers of living waters. Speak that unknown language and stir yourself up. Jude verse 20, remember that scripture says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, through him. We provide the ignition of faith for all that we believe in, and Christ is the engine in which things change through. God gives us the key. We place it into the ignition of the car. Our decision to believe is the turning of the key. And the engine that starts is God's power, his might, that's always available, and it will carry out its function. It will move the vehicle. It will move the miracle to where it needs to be. Is the rest of God a place where you go, where you don't have to work? No, we need to continue to put our hands to the plow in obedience to Christ Jesus and his great commission spreading the good news, laying hands on the sick, raising the dead, casting out those demons. But we do it from a place of rest and confidence. 
and not of striving out of our own strength. This is the key difference. When you know that you are a son or daughter of the Most High God, you know that the Creator of the universe dwells within you, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know that if you believe in, trust in, rely on Him, that you are now in God's rest because He has paid preciously for you to be able to be there. Then you can operate from that place. You can be confident that you and God are aligned. You are positioned correctly, and all you have to do is believe by faith for what God's promise states will happen in the person's life that you're praying for, or indeed your own life if you're praying for yourself. Utmost confidence, which is utmost faith in God, without any doubt, is a place where you function from, a position of who you are in Christ. You are already knowledgeable that you are a new creation. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says that if we are in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, then we are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That includes your spirit. Your spirit is brand new when you give your life to Jesus. Remember that your old self is dead in Christ. Romans chapter 6, verse 8. Your old self was buried with him. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. But your new creation is now alive in him. And now you have been raised with him and seated in him in heavenly places. But you're also here on the earth, not of the earth, but here on the earth. But while you are still here, you are to go about doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil, for God is with you. Just like Acts chapter 10, verse 38 said of Jesus. Now Jesus is in you, and he wants to continue to do what he started, but now he wants you to believe and lay hands, and he will do the rest. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 says, You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace, whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you, because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. This is the prophet Isaiah saying, Lord, you will guard him, man or woman, and keep him in perfect and constant peace, whose mind, both his inclination and its character, is stayed on you, because man commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. So this means that if your mind is focused on the Lord, then the Lord is able to keep you in perfect and constant peace. So if you're not in perfect and constant peace, then ask yourself, where is my mind focused? And I will guarantee you it is not focused enough or at all on our Lord Jesus. And this is no condemnation for you. We're just encouraging you today that this is our Lord and Savior. We need to focus on Him. He is our way, our truth, and our life. So if we keep our minds, both its inclination and its character, stayed on Christ, commit ourselves to Him, lean on Him, hope confidently in Him, then and only then will God guard us and keep us in perfect and constant peace. Well, if we are in perfect and constant peace, then we are in the rest of God, since God already made the provision for it to be available to us, as we see in Hebrews chapter 4. You see, worry and anxiety keeps us out of the rest of God. Psalm 91 shows that only he who dwells with God can experience the benefits of the rest of the chapter, and ultimately the rest of God. You see, in verse 1, there is the condition of the chapter. 
If you meet the requirement of verse 1, then you will benefit from verses 3 through the end of the whole chapter of Psalm 91. But many who read this chapter think it's automatic, but don't necessarily dwell in the Lord to the degree they ought. So verse 1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. This is the Amplified Classic Version, which we love because of this example at the end where it says, whose power no foe can withstand. No foe, no enemy of the Lord can withstand his power. So let us be dwelling in the place of the Most High so that we can be stable and fixed under his shadow, the shadow of the Almighty God, who has all this power and no enemy can come near you. You see, that's why verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. God is a fortress because no power, no foe can come near it because of the power, the intense power and protection of the Lord. If any foe comes near, they are obliterated. If you are being attacked relentlessly all the time from a spiritual perspective, I would first question, are you dwelling in the secret place with him? Are you in the prayer closet every day? Are you seeking him with all of your heart? Are you trusting in, relying on him? Are you standing on his word? Are you declaring his word? Are you actively interested in Jesus? Are you actively getting to know him? Are you wanting and getting to know him? This is key. This is paramount. So verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God on him I lean and rely, and in him I confidently trust. So verses 1 and 2 are conditional on verses 3, 4, and the rest of 91 being available to you and real in your life. Verse 3 says, for then he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, which is a trap, and from the deadly pestilence, which means wickedness. Verse 4, then he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings shall you trust and find refuge. His truth and his faithfulness are a shield and a buckler. Verse 5, you shall not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor of the arrow, the evil plots and slanders of the wicked that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction and sudden death that surprise and lay waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only a spectator shall you be, yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High, as you witness the reward of the wicked. Verse 9, because you have made the Lord your refuge and the Most High your dwelling place. Verse 10, there shall no evil befall you, nor any plague or calamity come near your tent. So any of you still afraid of getting sick from COVID or any other sickness, dwell in the secret place continually of your precious almighty heavenly Father and your Lord Jesus. And verse 10 will come true for you where no plague will come near your tent. If you have cancer today, dwell in the Lord even more than you already are. That plague will leave you. That cancer will leave you because it will not be able to withstand the power of God because it is a foe. No foe could withstand the power of the Almighty. When you are in the Lord, when you decide to spend time with the Lord, 
And I'm not saying spend time and then pull back from him. I'm saying continually pursue him to get to know him, to understand his ways and his nature and the kind intentions of his heart. And everything going on in your life will shift and change for the better. Things that have been plaguing you for a long time will just disappear and you will have breakthrough because no foe, no enemy of the Lord, no sickness, nothing like that can withstand the power of God that you are now in protection of. As you spend time with him, you are inside his wings, his fortress, and no evil will befall you. This is a great promise in Psalm 91 verse 10. But do you see, this is an example again of being in his rest. If you are dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, you are now in his rest. There are many more verses in Psalm 91. I encourage you to read them. You may know them off by heart, but take a look at them in the Amplified Classic Edition of the Bible. There will be more depth to the Scriptures, and you will see the promises. You will be more at peace as you dwell with Him. You would experience the rest of God that maybe you didn't quite understand before. Because you are trusting in Him, relying on Him, leaning on Him, finding out about Him. Of course, that was Psalm 91, but we see in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, Jesus is recorded as saying, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. And in the Amplified, it says, in parenthesis, I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Verse 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant, and my burden is light and easy to be borne. Come to Jesus today. Come and dwell in the secret place of the Most High. There you are, trusting in Him, relying on Him, leaning on Him, and you will understand as a believer, you are a part of God's rest that He has always made available to those who believe, who are obedient to Him, who trust in, rely, and lean on Him. Know Jesus today. Get to know Him. John chapter 17, verse 3, this is eternal life that we may know him. So, Lord Jesus, I thank you today. I thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing this truth to us through this message today. Thank you for the opportunity for us to enter your rest. Thank you that we are already there if we believe by faith in you, that we trust in, rely on, and lean on you, that we are obedient to your word, that we are going about doing good, and laying hands on the sick, healing all who are oppressed of the devil, for you are with us, and you are healing through us as we believe by faith that you have already healed them based on your scriptures, that we can raise the dead, we can cleanse the lepers, that we can cast out demons because of your name, but from a position of your rest, knowing that we don't have to strive to get into the kingdom of heaven. We do not strive to earn righteousness Because, Lord, you have already paid for us to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We cannot earn it of our own 
effort. So, Lord, we bless you today. We thank you. I thank you for bringing peace and joy to the hearts of those listening and allowing them to check themselves, as the Bible says. Let's check ourselves to see, are we dwelling with the Lord? Are we spending time with him? And understand that if we are, and we're doing these things that I've mentioned, that you are already in the rest of God, and you need to strive no more. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Amen. If you want to get in touch with us, you can go to our website, tog.world. You can also join us every week on Thursdays for our Zoom call at tog.world forward slash gather. tog.world forward slash gather. And it's a Zoom call every Thursday where we teach the word and we pray for those on the call. So until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.